Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is episode number 149 of Search News You Can Use. I'm recording this on Wednesday, September 9th of 2020. We're going to talk about algorithm updates. Maybe, maybe not. It's been four months now, more than four months since our last core update. And we had some news from Google that maybe implies that we don't need to wait for another core update in order to see recovery. Have you been, uh, if you've been hit by a previous core update, I'm not sure I agree with that. So we're going to talk about that and, uh, I'll share my experiences because we've seen a large number of sites that have been negatively impacted by core updates. Um, then I'll talk a little bit about what uh, what was covered in SEO news in terms of um, what John Mueller said recently about core updates. I think it was just misinterpreted, and so I'll give you my opinion on that. Um, I'm going to talk as well about uh, some of the ranking, uh, sorry, not ranking, the link tools. Uh, there was a, an interesting tweet this week comparing different link tools Moz, Ahrefs, and the rest. And I'll give you my thoughts and I'll tell you which tools we use at MHC when we do disavow work. Uh, we'll also share a case study, a little mini case study um, that we saw on Twitter about disavowing and whether it works or not. So let's get right into it. Um, there was a little bit of turbulence. I think every September, uh, there is lots of change in terms of search patterns. I talked about this a bit last week, but uh, it's pretty common to see websites that um, are seeing sudden improvements in September. Uh, and often this is related to seasonal things. Uh, the world is changing so much in terms of people going back to school and uh fall is coming in at least in our part of the world and things change in terms of search and so we had a few sites that seemed to have some increases a few with decreases in early September but not enough for us to uh, call it an algorithm update uh, and again I mean Google is always doing algorithm updates and just whatever happened early September, I don't think it's significant enough for us to be spending time analyzing it and determining what it is that Google changed. With that said, however, I saw an interesting tweet by Lily Ray, um, who was pointing out that many of the sites that were labeled as winners in Systrix's visibility index for this past week were actually affiliate sites. And we've seen a number of affiliate sites uh, have a real struggle in 2020. In January of 2020 is when we had the January core update. And one thing that we really noticed is that a lot of affiliate sites saw drops with this core update. I need to actually go back and see if some of the affiliate sites that we have consulted with are maybe seeing improvements uh, after last week. I'm not sure. I still think at this point uh, that not enough change has happened for us to say, ah, Google made a significant change here. Um, but if you run an affiliate site and you're seeing improvements, I'd love for you to tweet at me or probably what's best is to tweet at the MHC underscore Inc. Twitter account. Just say, hey, I'm reporting on uh, uh, some changes, you know, in relation to a possible update, something like that. And our social media lead summer will get that to me. And if there's enough sites that seem to be seeing significant changes, then I'll do a little bit more investigation uh, into what potentially happened in early September. Let's talk a little bit about this poll that Dejan SEO ran on Twitter. Uh, he asked, I've always wondered whether Googlers have the ability to manually demote a domain 
demote a domain or page without the webmaster being alerted? What do you think? And it was interesting to see that uh, with 237 people voting, 75% of those people said yes. They think that Googlers could manually demote either a domain or a page uh, without alerting the webmaster. Now let's talk about alerting the webmaster. What does that mean? Um, when we talk about manual actions, if you get a manual action from Google, you will be alerted as long as you have Search Console set up. Um, you know, I've seen sites that uh, have uh, feigned ignorance and saying, no, 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 we don't have a Google penalty and they've never had Search Console set up. Um, if you need, it's very, very important. There's really very few reasons to not have Search Console set up. Uh, in this case, it was a situation where I believe the site was um, very actively breaking Google's guidelines and uh, and they just didn't want to know if they were going to get a manual action. I don't know. I've seen all sorts of reasons. Uh, a lot of people, um, I don't see this so much now, but years ago, a lot of people were saying, well, if I set up Search Console, I'm going to be showing Google more stuff about my website and I don't want them digging into stuff because maybe I'm breaking their guidelines or trying to get away with things. Uh, I really think that that's very much a tinfoil hat theory that uh, there's no harm in setting up Google Search Console, Google Analytics. Uh, it's not like you're feeding Google with data that's going to hurt your site. Um, now, who knows? Maybe if you're actively breaking Google's guidelines, perhaps uh, I, it's possible. Um, but I really think, I mean, if Google is trying to gather information about your website, they don't need you to say, yes, we want Search Console set up uh, in order to gather that information. And there's so much great information that you can get from Search Console. So if you get a manual action, now, most of you listening to this know that there are many different types of manual actions. The one that we talk about the most is a manual action for unnatural links. That's a situation where the web spam team sees that, oh, you're usually it means that you're paying for links. They don't always have to be paid, though. It could be something where you've just found a way to easily get links that kind of look to Google's algorithms like their natural mentions, like their votes for your site. Um, but really, those links are self-made. And if that's the situation, if you found a way to get links and those links are actually working to improve rankings, but really they're, they're tricks, they're loopholes, they're not actual mentions of your site, then that's something where if the web spam team sees that, they can certainly go into your, um, your site and say, yes, we're going to give you a manual action. We're going to discount. Uh, they don't tell you exactly which links, but we're going to discount certain links that point to your site. And often what happens is um, that distrust on certain links to your site, uh, I really believe that it can affect even the good links pointing to your site until you've cleaned up that manual action. You really, really don't want to get a manual action. There's other reasons to get manual actions though, not just for links. And we see, we've had a few people reach out this week with pure spam manual actions. These are ones that like the vast majority of the time when people reach out with these manual actions, we look at the site and go, oh gosh, there's no, you know, why did the site ever rank for anything at all? Um, because it really is pure spam. So I think most of you who are listening to this probably don't have a pure spam penalty. Although we're dealing with one right now that's very interesting. It doesn't fit the mold of uh, all of the other many pure spam penalties we've had. And I think sometimes... 
Google can decide to put a pure spam penalty on a website that they just don't want in the SERPs. And I know that seems very vague. Um, in this situation, the site that came to us, I can't really give all the details of their situation, uh, but they do have a business model that maybe by some could be seen as a little bit questionable. And we've been debating internally whether Google would actually put a pure spam manual action on a website because they disagree with your uh, business practice. Uh, I, you know, I saw one case like this before, and I know uh, Charles will be fine with me sharing this because he was very open about it as well. Many years ago, Charles Float, uh, who's a well-known SEO who does a lot of black hat stuff, he's he's well known for that. Um, his website received a pure spam penalty. And when we looked at it, like it really was a website that had good information. The thing is, the information that he had, a lot of it was information that taught other people how to break Google's guidelines. It was ways to build private blog networks and uh, ways to uh, to do things that maybe might improve your rankings, but um, you know would be frowned upon by Google. And, uh, and I believe that Google, um, somebody at Google said, look, like, this is our search engine. It's up to us to decide whether we want to include you or not. And why should we include you when you're instructing people how to break our guidelines? And I believe in that situation, the pure spam penalty was placed on Charles's site. Uh, and they didn't say why, but because they just said, look, for whatever reason, we don't want to have you in the search results. The thing is, though, he was notified by that. So he had a manual action in the manual actions viewer that you'll see in search console. If you have seen a drop in traffic and you think that Google is penalizing your website, the first thing you should do is open up search console and take a look to see uh, in the manual actions section whether anything is listed there. If it is, that's almost always something that you want to pay attention to. The question, though, that Dejan SEO asked was whether Googlers could manually demote either a whole site or a particular page from that website without alerting the webmaster. Now, we know that this kind of, I mean, sites get demoted not manually necessarily, but they get demoted all the time by Google's algorithms. Whether you want to call it a demotion or sometimes what happens, uh, and Google has said this in their uh, blog post on core updates, that sometimes it's not necessarily that you've done anything wrong. It's not like Google's algorithms say, oh, this is a horrible website and it has all these quality issues, so we don't want to show it in search. I mean, that can happen. But a lot of the time, I think what happens is rather Google says, oh, but look at these websites. These are actually really good and we should be promoting these. And as Google gets better and better at recognizing what um, content is talking about, I, I do believe that they're using BERT uh, in many different ways to figure out if a certain page is actually going to be helpful to a query uh, or whether it could potentially be harmful to somebody. And um, so if you have seen a what looks like a demotion in terms of your website traffic, and you don't have a manual action in Search Console, then most likely there's something going on with Google's algorithms that are uh, choosing to either suppress your site or to prefer competitors' websites. And you will not get notification of that. Um, what I think is really interesting, a few years ago, Barry Schwartz uh, found out that there was um, Google employees actually have something called the penalty server. And uh, now I don't know all the details about this, from, but from my understanding, a Google employee with the right you know, level of access 
this, I guess, could open up uh, basically a dashboard for your website and see, ah, yes, you're being suppressed by this and that. And I actually believe that that dashboard will see like, ah, yes, Panda has issues with certain parts of this site, or maybe Penguin is ignoring certain links for this site. Uh, I would love to see that uh, dashboard or whatever it is that webmasters see. But I actually think that um, certain Google employees can go into your website uh, dashboard and see uh, exactly what the issues are. And wouldn't it be great to see that? I mean, it would be absolutely wonderful. It would make our lives a lot easier rather than saying, well, it could be this, it could be that, it could be all these different issues, which who knows? I mean, maybe that's a good way to do it because then we're improving the website even more. Um, but it would be wonderful if Google could say to us, like, look, we just think your content is subpar as compared to the sites that are rank ranking above you, or we think that your links are untrustworthy. The problem with this, of course, is that uh, there are spammers who will take advantage of that information. And if Google told us specifically, ah, I think this link is unnatural and this is a good link, well, that would just give so much food to the spammers, to the black hats who are trying to manipulate Google's rankings. So can Google suppress your website without letting you know? If it's an algorithm that does this, then yes. I mean, you don't get notification. But the question is, can there be a manual suppression? And the reason why I'm, I'm saying this is we're actually working on a site right now. Uh, we should have an article out this week that we're going to go live with um, to explain a very interesting what looks like a suppression to me. And I've seen a lot of websites, a, a lot of sites come to us saying, look, Google's got something wrong here. They should be ranking us above our competitors. We're far better. And then we look at the site and say, well, actually, like your competitors have way more authority uh, and you have these trust issues and you know we can find reasons to say well yeah it makes sense for Google to prefer these competitors in this situation though we're dealing with a site that I actually think is being suppressed by something being wrong on Google's side now in my career of looking at websites that uh, are not performing to their full potential on Google and I've been doing this uh, I mean I've started in SEO in 2008 uh, 2012, 2013 really was when that became my main focus was either Google penalties or dealing with algorithmic uh, issues, sites that are having trouble ranking on Google. In all of those years, I can think of three cases uh, where I felt that something was wrong on Google's side to explain um, why a site is not ranking well. So, you know, is it possible? I do think that people can make mistakes on Google's side. I have a blog post I wrote a few years ago about one of these cases where uh, the site just seems suppressed and uh, oh gosh, I can't remember all the details, but um, we did actually hear back from Google that there was a mistake on their side and somebody had forgotten to remove a manual action in Search Console, um, even though uh, the work had been done and we had received the email saying, yes, your manual action is removed. And then it just stubbornly stayed there in Search Console. This, in my experience, though, is very, very rare. And that situation happened many years ago. So if you think that you have a penalty on your website, it most likely is not a hidden manual action. It's most likely not a Google employee has gone in and said, oh, we don't want this website to rank anymore. It likely is that there's something in Google's algorithms that are not, um, not enjoying your site, basically. So uh, can it happen? I think it's conceivably possible. 
that a Google employee could decide to manually demote your site, uh, but I think it's extremely, extremely rare. And if you think this has happened to you, uh, I'd urge you to reach out to us to have a site review done because usually we can find multiple reasons to say, look, this is Google's guidelines say this and you're doing this, or competitors are offering this and you're not offering anything of value beyond that. Um, and then usually we can give some suggestions to say uh, what you could do to actually make your uh, content and your site more valuable. Um, speaking of having a good site, let's talk about the SEMrush tip of the week. And what I'm going to talk about this week is using SEMrush to find mixed content issues. So SEMrush has a fantastic, uh, I should start off by saying that this is sponsored. Uh, if you've been listening to podcast for the last few weeks, you know that SEMrush is now a sponsor of ours and that uh, we use this tool regularly. So, which is why we were very happy to take them on as a sponsor. We commonly use the SEMrush site audit tool. It's super easy to set up and it runs and then it gives you a whole list of things that potentially could be fixed. And what I really like is it gives very good explanations to say why this is an issue um, and can also give us uh, links to here's how you fix this type of problem. Uh, and so one issue that often come up, comes up on these site audits that we run is mixed content. Mixed content happens if you have an HTTPS site and it's drawing upon resources on HTTP pages. Now, I am not an expert in website security, and so hopefully I won't butcher this. Uh, I'm not going to try to get into the details as to why um, this is an issue, but it is an issue. So what we need to know is that in 2014, Google told us that being HTTPS is a ranking factor. And they don't tell us that type of thing too often. They've told us that the core web vitals are going to be a ranking factor next year. Uh, they told us a while back that page speed was a ranking factor. And HTTPS is another one of these things. Now, if you have a page, so let's say you've migrated your site to HTTPS, um, but what does it mean to draw on secure or insecure content, content from HTTP pages. A good example would be uh, a site that maybe uses a video embed uh, and embeds videos from YouTube. And um, YouTube, uh, as we know, YouTube is an HTTPS site. And if you're embedding HTTPS content on an HTTPS page, that should be totally fine and it should not cause mixed content to happen. Um, but what sometimes happens is in old sites, sites that have had content from before the age of HTTPS, many of them will pull on YouTube videos using an old link. And the link just says HTTP, whatever, YouTube.com. Um, as opposed to HTTPS. And the fix for this is super simple. You just go into your code and change all the instances where you've linked to the HTTP version of YouTube uh, to HTTPS. And that'll resolve the mixed content issue. You really want to resolve these because in the in, in your browser, users are going to see, uh, and we, I've got a screenshot of this in newsletter, but basically uh, it used to be a green padlock and then they changed the color. It's just gray padlock. But if you are a not secure page, then uh, you're going to see this message that says not secure. And the average user today is very unlikely to give credit card information to a non-secure page, uh, really, in and even trust a non-secure page. So if you want to try that out for your own website, uh, this is something where SEMrush has given us a promo code that you can use. You can go to mariehaines.com slash SEMrush, all one word, SEMrush. 
and uh, you'll get the most recent promo code. Now, that changes from week to week, so uh, you should really, though, be able to log in this week and uh, set up a site review for your site. It would be completely free using the promo code and see if you have any mixed content issues. And if so, they're generally very easy to fix. The question is whether those are actually hurting your site. My view is when you have issues like this, when you have any sort of a technical issue that can be fixed, you really should fix it because we don't know uh, exactly what impact that has in Google's algorithms other than they've told us this is an important thing. Um, so hopefully you can uh, you can try that out for your own site. Again, mariehaines.com slash SEMrush, and you will find uh, the code for this week to get you a free trial to give that uh, a, a shake for yourself. Uh, let's talk about disavowing. Disavowing is one of my favorite things ever. I've been disavowing links for such a long time. Uh, and there's so much controversy over disavowing because there's very little information from Google on this. And for valid reason, I, I think it's not really in Google's best interest to tell us uh, how they value links, uh, especially when there are so many people that are abusing links, trying to um, trick Google into thinking that their websites should rank higher than they are. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. There was a, a couple of tweets by Andy Drinkwater this week, who's uh, an SEO who does a fair amount of disavow work. And he shared uh, a screenshot of traffic. And he said there's about 30 keywords for this website that all saw dramatic improvement within a week of filing a disavow. Now, we don't know exactly which links Andy disavowed. Uh, I know there was some mention about potentially some negative SEO kind of ultra spammy stuff. And this is always controversial because Google says, well, we ignore negative SEO links. And I honestly think for the vast majority of cases they do. But we have seen some cases where uh, when we disavow just ultra spammy links, we see a bit of an uplift. I think it's very rare that we've only disavowed ultra spammy negative SEO type links, though. Uh, and usually sites that come to us that they've seen a drop that we feel like we can attribute to link quality. It's not the ultra spammy links that cause that, but rather it's links that look like natural mentions but actually aren't. Um, and so uh, that's something where it's really, really tricky because for many years, link building um, in that type of way, like let's make a link and let's kind of make it look like this website's recommending us. That was a normal thing that lots of people did. And Google's algorithms can catch on to that in a lot of cases. So should you be filing a disavow? This is really tricky. If you're not sure, we actually offer a service at MHC uh, to just do a quick overview of your links. And uh, you can reach out to us at help at mariehaines.com for more information on that. Um, and we'll give you our honest opinion as to whether we actually think that links are holding you back. And I'll tell you that a good number of the sites that we do this review for, we actually say no. Like, I think your links are fine. Uh, there's a lot of websites that have just weird spammy cruft in their backlink profile. And that could be completely normal. Um, and we'll, you know, also look at whether you've seen drops in traffic on certain dates that are in conjunction with what we think Google ran uh, a link related update on those days. So, um, you know, it can be often tricky to know whether to do disavows. If the only links in your profile are unnatural links, uh, you know, then maybe yeah, you should be filing a disavow. Um, but that's probably not going to help you that much. The cases where we've seen nice improvement, and I'll tell you, our, our improvement is not usually as quick as one week. I think usually we say two weeks, 
up to six weeks. And sometimes it depends if Google runs a, uh, an update of some sort in the midst of that, we can see improvements faster. But when we see improvements, it's almost always sites that uh, have a real mixture of links that could move the needle uh, combined with some ultra spam. So uh, so interesting stuff. I, I think we're still going to be arguing about disavowing for quite some time. Uh, but there really can be value in disavowing if you have a history of building unnatural links. Uh, okay, let's talk about this core update thing and whether you need to see another core update in order to see recovery. So let's take a scenario. Let's say you were uh, negatively affected by the May 4th Google core update. This was a really drastic update and it affected a lot of websites. And what we typically see is if you're affected by a core update, the effects of that update are felt within 24 hours, usually, of Google announcing that the update happened. So if your traffic dropped May 4th to May 5th, there's a very good chance that it can be connected to the core update. I say very good chance, not complete chance, because uh, not a complete certainty, because we do see cases, so many cases where people actually uh, launched a new site and it just happens to be on the same day as a Google update, or maybe they made drastic changes to their pages. Um, and so it, it's not always the case that if you see declines in conjunction with an update, that the update caused it, uh, but it, it usually is. So let's say that you saw uh, massive declines with the May core update. And then you've been working on improving things. So you've gone through Google's quality raters guidelines and you've found ways to improve how you demonstrate your EAT. You've found ways to improve how trustworthy your site is. Um, maybe you've been working your way through reviews on the web and responding to reviews, uh, cultivating good reviews, um, doing all these things to, you know, maybe you've gotten some authoritative mentions uh, that can, that's the A in EAT, right? If you get mentioned links from uh, trustworthy authoritative websites, this really could help. Uh, would you see any improvement? Now, I, I'm going to read the quotes and then uh, an article came out on Search Engine Land uh, just before I published, uh, started recording this newsletter that I, I kind of disagree with. So um, let's, how do we start this? So here's the question that was asked of John Mueller in a help hangout. Why are websites that have been hit by the core update uh, can't recover before the next core update, even if they make good improvements? Now, why was this person asking this? It's because Google's blog post on core updates says... Content that was impacted by one, meaning one core update, might not recover, assuming improvements have been made until the next broad core update is released. So this is our experience, and we see probably more sites than anybody that were impacted by core updates. We see this massive decline usually massive. It, it doesn't have to be massive for core update, but we see a decline that we say, ah, yes, this is when Google ran this update and you did not do well with this core update. Um, and then we see that there's uh, almost like this, this ceiling, like the site just can't get above a certain level of traffic until another core update runs. And if we've done things properly and if we've been able to suggest enough changes to greatly improve the quality of the website, then we'll see uh, just as drastic a change with the next core update. Um, it's not always 100%. 
Sometimes it's more than 100%. Uh, it, but if we're going to see a major change, it usually is in conjunction with another core update. But that doesn't mean that you can't see any improvement. We have one site that we did a review for a little while back that was uh, very, almost like the poster child for uh, going against scientific consensus. Um, it was a medical site that just talked about a number of things that uh, really aren't recognized as fact by the medical community, uh, but there's still an audience for uh, this particular website. And something came out uh, in terms of coronavirus that was, um, it, it was just a little bit controversial. Um, think along the lines of, you know, does 5G cause coronavirus, that type of thing. And um, the clients uh, that we had worked on previously had content on this that actually did really well during uh, this, you know, time where people were interested in this topic. And then they, you know, they, they actually got some links from that. And so their ceiling of where Google would allow them to, how much traffic Google would allow them to get, it, it increased. You know, their, their traffic actually did go up and it continued to go up afterwards because the site actually got some good links from that. Um, but it was nowhere near the traffic levels they had before they were affected by a broad core update. So here's the quote uh, that John Mueller said in the Help Hangout. So with core updates, we're essentially trying to re-understand how the relevance of the search results are. And it's not something that requires a site to wait for the next update to have a chance to be seen differently. They can continue working on things and things can improve over time. It's possible that our next core update will make a bigger change in the same direction that you've been working and you'll see a bigger change in your site's performance as well. But in general, sites don't have to wait for the next bigger update in order to start seeing changes. So from that point of view, I wouldn't just stop working on things once you've done the right thing, but I'd continue in that direction. You should see at least some incremental improvements over time. So is it possible to see improvements even though a core update has negatively affected your site? Yes. You can see those improvements before another core update happens. Does it happen often? No. In my experience, no. I really think that, um, again, you can see incremental updates, just like John said, but it's rare that you're going to see a full recovery. I, I don't think I can recall a site seeing a full recovery from a core update hit, a drastic core update hit, unless that was in conjunction with another core update. So now I, I'm saying this, I haven't actually done, uh, you know, in-depth look into this data, but, um, and maybe some of you have seen sites that have made a recovery outside of core updates. Uh, you know, this is really kind of a moot point. Um, if you have been negatively affected by a core update, you should be working. You shouldn't be just saying, well, let's wait and see what happens the next time Google runs one, uh, because we don't know when that's going to happen. I think we're due fairly soon. It's It's been a number of months, and we generally do have core updates in either August or September. We're into September now. Uh, but you should always be working on improving the quality to your site. Let's talk about uh, backlink tools. There was an interesting tweet um, this week by Malti Landwehr, who compared Ahrefs, Moz, Systrix, SEMrush, Majestic uh, against a number of, they basically looked at a hundred different domains that was in the U.S. database and also at some other countries, domains from other countries as well, and looked to see um, which of the tools got uh, the best 
the best uh, number of backlinks basically pointing to, to this site. So this is important if you are trying to do a backlink audit. You want to get as many links as you can um, just in case you're going to miss something, right? And so uh, what the, the study found was that Moz actually had the best results in terms of finding the most number of domains linking to each site. And that was news to me because when I first started doing link audits, Moz was probably the, the worst of the bunch in terms of uh, the number of domains that they would find. And we still, uh, you know, always included Moz because they would find the odd link that maybe we hadn't found uh, using Ahrefs or, or Majestic or Search Console. Um, and so that's interesting to see now that Moz is able to find more domains. And I know just a year or uh, maybe a bit longer than that ago, uh, Moz actually worked greatly to improve uh, the size of their link database. Um, and so, uh, so we do still very much include Moz in our uh, link disavows. The um, next interesting thing was that Ahrefs uh, actually had the highest number of links found. Now, how could that be if you're saying, well, Moz had more domains? Obviously, Ahrefs would find more individual links coming from each domain. Sometimes that's valuable, not always. For the work that we do, we tend to, when we're looking at uh, doing a link audit and filing a disavow, um, what we tend to do is... Uh, look at one link from each domain that's linking. And uh, we have a little sort of algorithm that helps us pick the link that's most likely to be an unnatural one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in most cases, just looking at one link from each domain is enough. Now, the question that always comes up is if I'm auditing my links, do I need to actually pay for one of these tools? Uh, you know, you can get some free data from many of the tools, but if you want to get a full list of all of the backlinks pointing to your site, most of these, I believe, are paid. So uh, is it necessary? Um, and we've gone back and forth on this over the years. So John Mueller has said that in most cases, Search Console should be enough if you're trying to look at your links. Uh, but then what he talks about usually is it should be enough to find patterns. So for example, let's say you had used widespread comment spam as a way to get links a few years ago. Um, then Search Console can help you find that pattern. You can see links and go, oh, this was a comment that we made, you know, back in 2008 uh, just to get links. Or, you know, oh, here's another one. And we can see that pattern, but you may not find all of those links in Search Console. Now, does that mean that they're uh, potentially counting against you? I don't know. Nobody knows outside of Google. Uh, so our theory is let's find as many links as we can. And if they seem to be unnatural, let's disavow them. And we may be overdoing it in some cases. Um, but then we've had some other cases where uh, we have removed manual actions by just looking at the links in Google Search Console. And sometimes we'll do this because um, if we looked at every single link that every tool gave us, it would make it so that our link audit took us four times as long and we'd have to charge uh, an insane amount of money because we look at links manually. Uh, and so if we have four times the work, that's going to that's, that's gonna put us outside of most people's budget uh, when it comes to doing link audit work. So um, in some cases, I do think you can use just Google Search Console information. If you're not dealing with a manual action and you're not dealing with what looks like a really obvious suppression because of unnatural links, but you really just want to do an audit of your links and see where you stand, I would say that Search Console, Search Console should be plenty uh, to, to use. Um, we still do, I think when I'm doing 
uh, work to just spot check links, I'll often look at hreps. Uh, hreps seems to have the interface that uh, I like the most, but I'm going to be paying a little bit more attention to Moz now that I've seen this tweet. So um, thank you for that uh, uh, interesting information. We don't have a whole lot to share this week for local news, uh, other than there may have been some kind of an update. The local Rank Flux tool is showing Wednesday and Thursday, so September 2nd and 3rd. There was a, a little bit of fluctuation in terms of local rankings. We have not analyzed that, um, but I thought it was important to, uh, to mention because if you saw some shakeup in your local rankings, it could be that something has happened here uh, in terms of Google's algorithms. I want to uh, move on a little bit here to Q&A. We had some excellent Q&A submitted uh, to me to answer. And two of the three questions that we had asked this week are ones that I can't answer. Um, Trixie, you uh, left a really great question about uh, having your site reviewed. And I would love to do that, but you didn't leave your actual uh, URL. So if you can go back to the form and submit the URL again, I would love to take a look at your site and uh, give you my thoughts on how you can make improvements there. We also had somebody who submitted a question anonymously asking about why the SERPs are broken in some foreign markets. It's very interesting. Um, uh, the question said that uh, that they're seeing uh, sites, if they do a search in the Dutch market, um, they're, they're seeing sites that are from all around the world that don't make sense for some products, and then they're seeing results mostly from the Netherlands for other products, which makes more sense. I have not investigated that, and I'll tell you it's kind of beyond um, my normal uh, workflow to look at that. Uh, but if other people are noticing the same thing, feel free to tweet at me, and if it seems like it's a, a big issue, then maybe it's something I should be looking at in more detail. Um, but I'm going to end this episode of podcast by looking at this one site. Now, the site is asked to be anonymous. Um, I'm going to share the niche that they're in because it would be very hard for me to uh, talk about this without sharing that. Otherwise, it would be just these kind of vague, well, it needs to improve. Uh, but I think there's a lot that can be learned here. And even if you can't see exactly what site I'm working on, for those of you who are listening to this and this is not your question, I still think there's a lot to be learned here. So the site that was submitted is a site that talks about uh, security systems, home alarms, things like that. Um, and what it is, is almost like a directory site. And we see this commonly, uh, and, and we see some sites that do this really well, and we see other sites that really don't. Um, and I'm really going to apologize in advance here uh, to the person who asked this question. I think it's going to be very difficult to make this site rank. And I know that's not what you want to hear, uh, but I think it's important to know this now. And I'm going to give you a few thoughts on how you can improve, but uh, I think it's going to be a real challenge. Um, so the site, when you go to it, it's essentially a directory that you can put in, you know, here's where I am. I'm looking for residential home security issues uh, or commercial. And, um, and then it'll spit out a list of the security systems that are available in your area. Um, the problem, there's, there's many problems with this site, though. So the first thing, when I go to the site, uh, I do like that there's a call to action right away. It's very clear to me as a user that what you want me to do is, is you know, put in my information and then you're going to spit out uh, which security systems are, are the best for me. The problem is that there's nothing on the homepage uh, to extol your EAT. And so as a searcher, if I'm looking for a new home security system, um, why would I trust you? 
uh, you know, I there's comparison sites that have very large names and whether, and I know whenever I say this, people will say, well, their information is nowhere near as good as mine. If I go to even, I think one of the sites that was ranking uh, really well for best home security systems are like PC Mag. Or there's other, uh, the names have uh, eluded me right now, but other very well-known authoritative comparison sites are comparing different security systems. Uh, and so for you to compete, compete against those, you need to have a, a decent amount of EAT. So when I look at your homepage, forget Google's algorithms. Let's say I'm just a searcher who's trying to do some research on which security system I'm going to buy, and I land on your homepage, um, I need to know why I can trust you. Maybe you've been providing people with this type of information for a decade. Maybe you've been recognized with certain awards for uh, the way that you provide information. Um, maybe you actually are a, an installer of home security systems, and or maybe you know you've seen you're on the other side. You've broken into a number of homes, and and you know which ones are the easiest to break into. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that's probably not the issue. Um, but still, there's nothing here that that says like, oh, well, here's why you should trust us when you're doing this information for, this is definitely a YMYL topic, your money or your life. If I'm looking to buy a home security system, why should I get information from this website uh, that doesn't tell me anything about who you are? I clicked on, it took me a while to find your about page. That's something that um, Google's quality raters guidelines talk about a fair amount, that it should be very easy to find out who's created the content on this site and why they are uh, qualified to do that. Um, and I, I couldn't see uh, much information on why, on who uh, is responsible for your website. Um, I click around a little bit on your site and I see that you've got uh, pages that very much could be called doorway pages. Um, so I clicked on, uh, I think you've got like a page for every single state um, and on, uh, you know, the best security systems in each state. The problem is though, so I clicked on the one that uh, is Minnesota um, and it's, it's basically a wall of text that tells me how amazing Minnesota is and, uh, you know, what the crime levels are. Maybe crime could be an interesting thing for for me uh, if I'm looking for security systems. The thing is, though, you need to think about the user's intent. So as I'm a searcher who's trying to figure out which of these many security systems should I buy, I really don't want to read four paragraphs on uh, how amazing it is to live in Minnesota or even what the crime levels are in Minnesota. I'm trying to get down to the bottom of which system is best for me. The other thing I noticed is that um, you're pulling in uh, uh, products, uh, basically, and they're not labeled as, um, I, I have no idea whether you're getting affiliate revenue from recommending these. Uh, I, 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 and as a searcher who's a little bit skeptical, uh, I wonder, why are you recommending this to me? Is it because you get paid? For if I convert, you need to share that type of thing uh, with users because otherwise they won't um, they won't trust you. And so uh, you know, the next thing is the thing that I think is probably going to break your heart. It's your links. I, I feel like you've gotten information on building links to this website from a decade ago. And again, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm saying horrible things here, but this is important to know. The links that are pointing to this website um, are very low quality, easy to get links. They're links in directories, often anchored with uh, a keyword. Um, they, I looked at probably 10 different links and they were all very low quality self-made links. I didn't find a single link that was actually an expert in the field 
called saying, hey, if you need to get some information on home security systems, we really recommend this website. That's the type of link you should be looking for. And I actually think you have enough links, um, enough unnatural links pointing to your website that it probably is being suppressed by Google uh, algorithmically. That's my guess. And I think there's actually a risk of getting a manual action. Um, uh, probably not because they're so low quality. I think Google's algorithms are probably ignoring them. Uh, but I think there, it's possible you could see some benefit from, from disavowing those links. But that's assuming that there are good links pointing to the site, which I didn't spend enough time to, to determine that. And my guess is there probably aren't a lot of links that truly are natural mentions. So now that I have um, completely broken your heart on this and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I think that it's going to be extremely difficult to rank this site. Um, and in order to do it, you would need to start developing authority. I think if you said, look, I, I have tons of money and I want to uh, figure out where to spend that money to improve this website, I would probably put that money in PR. Um, not in link building specifically, you might get links from it, but rather in building a brand. And so people say, ah, when this website talks about home security, I know that brand. I know they're trusted for talking about home security. And that's a really hard thing to do, especially for a topic that is so, so strongly YMYL. I don't know if Google has varying degrees of YMYL or not, but if they did, like this is something that's super, super important. Um, so what could you do? I honestly, I think that in order to gain the level of authority that you would need to get to outrank the sites that are currently ranking, it would be extremely challenging. You'd probably have to be a startup with funding with, you know, millions of dollars of funding in order to, uh, uh, to start doing an advertising campaign to, to build up brand awareness and, uh, and things like that. But if you wanted to find ways to get good links, and here's some stuff that will help, you know, other people who are listening to this, one thing would be to maybe develop some statistics posts. Now, I'm not talking about statistics that you can just grab from other websites on the web and put into, uh, you know, a nice uh, graphic. I'm talking about things that nobody's seen before. Um, you know, so statistics on, uh, and I'm making this up because I don't know this niche at all, but maybe things like in your neighborhood, which alarms failed the most. Uh, that's something that could be uh, very helpful to people. Um, but who knows, maybe you'll get into legal trouble if you do that. Um, you know, which houses got broken into the most or which is the most popular in your neighborhood. Um, or to find ways to compare the security systems that would be very easy for a user and done in a way that I can't just go to Google and find, uh, you know, on one of these other websites. Very, very tricky to do. I'd probably be doing some, um, some research, some basically customer surveys, basically, uh, to say, what is it that you're looking for? What could you not find on the web? And how could we provide that information for you? Um, another really cool thing is to go to, there's a, a subreddit uh, called Data is Beautiful. And you can get some really, really good tips and uh, inspiration from this on finding ways to get statistics together to make, uh, I hate the word infographics, but to make some sort of um, graphics that uh, people would be just really excited to share where you don't have to be, you know, sending 
outreach emails to a million websites in the hopes of maybe getting one of them to link to you. But if you provided something where people are like, whoa, that is really cool data and we want to share that, that type of thing can get good links from authoritative websites uh, that Google potentially would uh, value. The other thing that could be really helpful too, I, I'm going to mention Reddit again, because a lot of people really go to Reddit for actual user reviews on products, whether they're correct or not. I think Reddit still is open to a lot of manipulation, but um, but inherently there's, you know, there's a lot of real people that are discussing things there. So I did a search for site colon reddit.com, no spaces. So I'm wanting to see all of the pages from reddit.com, home security, after colon 2019. And what that does is tell me, you know, in the last year or so, I want to see all the posts on Reddit where people are talking about home security. And then what I want to find about what I would do if I were in your shoes is find um, what are some questions that people have that the websites that are currently ranking are not able to cover are not answering well. That can potentially get you some links as well, but it's not going to you know, instantly build you authority to make you rank um, and build up your EAT instantly. Again, I think that because of the nature of this topic, I, I think it would be very, very challenging to rank this site. Uh, if you wanted to continue with home security, I think what I would probably do is try to find an area that's not well covered. And maybe that's, you know, security systems for pools or uh, for, you know, specific instances. Um, and, and that would be more likely to rank uh, for, you know, kind of long tail queries uh, as opposed to trying to rank for things like home security system. So I hope that was not too disheartening. I, I really think that Google um, does not enjoy directory type sites because really people could just search and find that information on their own. And for, for everybody who's listening, if your main value proposition for your website is that you take data that people can find and you, um, you know, just put it all in one place, without really adding significant value, then that's not going to fly these days. That's something that uh, if you had enough links in the past, you could make something like that rank in the past. Uh, but Google's algorithms are well beyond that now. And I think this is going to be a site that would be challenging to rank. So now that I've just crushed the hopes and dreams of a listener, I'll invite you to submit your site. Uh, if you want to have me take a look at your website, you can tell me whether you want to be anonymous or not. I'd love for non-anonymous 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 that's a weird love to be able to mention your website because I think it would help our listeners uh, to be able to open up the website and see what I'm talking about um, but you can submit those the easiest way to do it is if you find our newsletter mariehaines.com newsletter and uh, each episode has a link to a google form that you can submit information uh, about your site and I would be happy to take a look at it and give you my quick thoughts on um, what types of quality issues google's algorithms might struggle struggle with. Uh, and also, you know, what are your chances of being able to rank for certain keywords? Uh, I'd be happy to do that. I'm, uh, I'm going to be heading home soon to play Fortnite on my new PC. I haven't owned a PC in a long time. I'm very much a Mac girl. Uh, and I've played Fortnite on Xbox for, for a while now. And oh my goodness, if you are debating whether to get a gaming PC, we didn't spend a crazy amount of money on this, but what a difference. Playing Fortnite on uh, PC versus Xbox is dramatically different. It might just be because our home internet is so bad that uh, you know we needed the extra performance somehow, but 
but I'm really excited about that. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing for uh, most of the rest of today. Um, so thank you so much for listening. And I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm-hmm.